Uh, I got uh, one thing to say to you. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba ba da ba. I went to see the new Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones Mate, and the I Dial of Destiny. Oh, you seen it, it too? <laughs> okay, what did I you saw think? it with the kids um, because weirdly enough, like we were in Adelaide and we watched the Temple of Doom. Like, and then Audrey said, "You know, there's a new one out." Like tomorrow and we're like what and then we just went to the cinema the next day and saw it um okay my thoughts I have many okay okay loved it yeah um Audrey's main reason for steering us to go see it was that she's obsessed with Phoebe Waller-Bridge oh yeah who is in it as well not the romantic lead but she's she's um she's so cool Can I, I give I, a quick aside here and you need to pass this on to Ords Fleabag as performed at the National Theatre in London, is on cinematic release in Australia right now oh, at the oh. Dendi nationally. So if you want to see oh. Fleabag, it's on this week. So oh. um, and then so anyway, it's been great. In, in August. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're a fan of Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fleabag, you need to get yourself to the cinema to see the actual original stage performance. So, oh. okay, so back to the film. Okay, so um, went for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Absolutely happy um, with that decision. I thought she acquitted herself brilliantly. She does a good turn in mischievous kind of charlatan, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, but I mean, isn't that just Fleabag? Like, I'm it is. I, yeah. yeah, I kind of That's got to the I end. Say. I thought, does she do any other characters? That's like, why. I, yeah, but I mean, I love that character. I love that and character I will see too. it. I would like to see it in. Tootsie, I'd like to see it in, you know, Inspector Gadget. Yeah. I'd like to see, like, I would see it in any It's very winning. Content. She's yeah. got a very winning quality. Yeah. It was so fleabag, though, that I felt slightly discombobulated that she wasn't giving me the odd yeah. down the barrel of the right? camera. Mm. Yeah, because I was waiting for that because it was so fleabaggy. Like, Phoebe, you haven't made eye contact with me for <laughs> two hours. What's going on? What's going Do you on? not see me anymore? <laughs> um, but, like, here's the thing that really freaked me, though. So the film starts... And the first, I'd say, 20 minutes, more even, is set in World War Two. Yeah. Where a young Indiana Jones is, yeah, you know, fighting, fighting Nazis, you know, and he's kind of got an archaeologist on team and they, you know, they end up on the roof of a train. Of course. But, I mean, can we call an end to train fight scenes? Train roof fight scenes. But, it's very common, isn't it? Look, I love one. I Mission admit. Impossible has got one. Skyfall you know. opens with a great one right. too I where mean, James And there's always... I, I mean, love them. They're great. Sure, but I mean the thing is, like, aren't we as a civilization <laughs> now at the point where the gag about like the tunnel oh, showing yeah. up and everybody but one of them ducking, like... We all know that there's going to be a tunnel that shows up, right? Like it's the least surprising thing on earth. So So true. Very true. I I agree with you. I mean, when I'm next fighting on the roof of a train, I'm just (laughs) going to do it like on my belly because there's always a tunnel with hardly any clearance. (laughs) Another priceless life hack that I think I can pass on (laughs) having seen this film and many, many other films involving archaeology is when you are chasing a priceless artifact from history like you know the shroud that Christ was wrapped in the you know Ark of the Covenant whatever Mm -hmm. when you finally find the missing puzzle piece in the temple yeah it's never a good idea to do the full assemblage in the temple (laughs) get it out of the temple before you put the last piece in if you do it in the temple bad shit is coming your way 
So don't do it. Go back to your hotel room with it and then do it in the hotel room. Yeah, but I mean, like, nobody will ever listen to that. It's just like in horror movies, (laughs) when you hear like an awful noise in the cellar, you always go down wearing a bikini (laughs) to check it out with you. Hot teenage mates. You I, do. That is what happens. So or like, oh, what's that noise outside? I might just go and check with this failing flashlight. Yeah. So the opening but, 20 minutes when Harrison Ford's in the yeah, Second World War. let's talk about this. Okay, so I was – I enjoyed it, but I was distracted because I was thinking – How? So how are they doing it? I'm like, is this CGI or have they – was this a sequence from an earlier film that landed on the cutting room floor that they've done a Peter Jackson-style restoration of and they've now created a whole new script around this? It was CGI. People told me yeah. it was CGI. Yeah, so, yeah. I, that was the first thing I Googled. Like, Could you see? In the cinema because I'm like, how, what? Because I thought the same thing. I'm like, far out. Did it look this, seamless to you? I couldn't. It looked seamless to he me. It was basically a deep fake. It was a Harrison Ford deep fake. Right. Which is kind of scary because it looks so seamless. Right. So and basically also, Harrison Ford will never die because we can just keep making Harrison Ford films with right. young Harrison Ford. So this film is essentially a cogent and expensive redundancy plan for Harrison Ford, right? <laughs> but also because, like, he's 80, right? Like how yeah, old is he? he's about 80, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you'll be relieved to hear that for the rest of the movie he looks... His age. His Amazing age. Amazing for his age. Hot. Yeah. But his age. Yeah, he does. So it just made me, well, like, it made me goggle because it was so convincing. It yeah. made me go, ooh, Harrison, this is a dangerous precedent to set because yeah. you don't, they don't need you anymore, really. Like, I mean, yeah. if if 80-year-old Harrison can be CGI'd into, you know, 40-year-old Harrison, but that means that 50-year-old Annabelle Crabb can be CGI'd to be 40-year-old Harrison. Like, I mean, yeah, that's we could right. just get any old plonker. Well, I mean, I presume the body that Harrison Ford's face was CGI'd onto was the body of some random young actor. Of course. Like, basically because, a scratch voice person, the yeah, equivalent, a, a physical right? form of a scratch voice yeah, person. Yeah, because we need someone who can fight on a train. And, and, and Harrison's run around hips are a bit dodgy. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I agree. That was pretty astonishing. But it also made me just laugh like a drain because... And it's it's connected to Tom Cruise, who I watched. I haven't seen the new Mission Impossible. There's a fight on a train. Of course is there? there is. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I know that because I watched the interview. For some reason, I was watching morning TV and I don't know how I saw this because it's not shown I normally watch. What's the Channel 7 one? Sunrise? Is that the first one or the next one? No, the one with Matt Shervington on it. Sunrise. Sunrise. Sorry, everybody. And we're we'll in touch with mainstream Australia. Oh, come on, I'm on ABC. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't dial away from Lisa Miller. Who would? Um, however, oh, my God, I just laughed and laughed and laughed because they had Tom Cruise in studio doing publicity at Channel 7. Like, so why did that make you laugh? Because he was giving Matt Shervington a little lesson about running and, like... <laughs> He must. He wouldn't have known who Matt Shervington was. Well, he, I mean, no, they they showed him. Like they showed some footage of oh. Shervo running at the 2000 Olympics, oh. right? And Cruz has still gone like, oh, amazing. So anyway, what I find is like, <laughs> anyway, because like Shervington says, you're quite a good runner. And, oh, you know, Cruz right. is like lapping this up, obviously, just like, oh, scratch me under here. <laughs> um, but then they showed a bunch of scenes from the movie, which is how I know that there was uh, a fire on a train. And also, of course, Tom Cruise, of course he does, um, insists on doing his own stunts. Yes. So there's something where he, like, rides a motorbike off a cliff, which is the only way that you can 
add more Tom Cruise to the act of riding a motorbike. I've seen that stunt and it's just absolutely gobsmacking, like just amazing. I haven't seen the film and I must admit, look, as you know, I love an action film and I really like the Mission Impossible franchise. It's two and three quarter hours, and so and my, it's also my love part of, one, oh, which is just like of, sorry, Tom. My love of that kind of stuff is tempered by my hatred of films that need a good edit to get them under two hours. So right? I'm just I'm and torn. What does that say to you? It says to me, uh, cramming into aging the, male indulgence. I think I, it says to me we've spent a lot of money filming a lot of elaborate stunts, and we're going to get as many of them yeah, in as see, possible that's, and that, not waste them. That so. worries me about. This is what worries me about modern filmmaking, Lee, is like, have you ever seen any of those Marvel movies? Every now and again I go oh. with one of my children and I'm just like, sorry, but then how does the what? It's like, not driven by just, plot. There's it's no plot. By, it's just yeah, like I know. how do we manufacture an excuse to get from this fight scene to it's, that fight that's scene? That's exactly right, yeah. And I'm like... Oh and God, that was this to be film honest, isn't even bit, joined up. That was a bit Indiana Jones too. Actually, the plot oh, was pretty thin. Oh come on! It had Fee Waller Bridge and a fight pretty, on a train. Pretty brilliant. Pretty thin. Um, hey, did you see? Speaking of Tom Cruise, any of the when James Corden was finishing as host of the Late Late Show, the clip, some of the clips with celebrities doing the final no. things with James Corden. Oh my God! The Tom Cruise one. Just Google Tom Cruise Jane, James James oh, Corden okay. final show. Um, they've done a lot of great things together over the years when Cruise has been publicising films where like he's taken. James Corden skydiving and it's always really funny and they clearly get on very well. What's with the stunts, mate? Just have a cup of tea. You're elderly. Like, but why, what is it that these guys, when they get older, they're like, now I'm going to be CGI'd as a 40-year-old. He, I'm going to ride more motorbikes because that's what, I mean. But like, he's always been doing his own stunts for years, Tom Yeah, Chris. I know, but like now he's got to add riding off a cliff because just like doing that stupid Tom Cruise without a helmet thing that he did in, oh, which brings me to another point. Okay, this is where I have a little rant. You right. can keep going with your point in a moment. So when they made, um, oh, God, what's the one with the fighter where he's Top a fighter? Gun. Top Gun. The latest Sorry. Top Gun. Yeah. I know what it is. I saw yeah. it with you. You made me sit through the whole <laughs> stupid thing. But, like, when they made Top Gun 2, they didn't bring Kelly McGillis back because now yeah. she's an ageing lesbian. So, but they, they did know, in not hot enough. But they right? did in the new Indiana Jones pull back Marianne, whatever her name is, I love her. Um, who was his, Marion yes. was the loving. Yeah. Um, okay, you've just, spoilers. Well, yeah, okay. Um, um, but like, so my conclusion to my rant is like women can age and they're off the movie Blokes find a way of like CGIing themselves into like <laughs> hotness or doing more stunts or whatever. Anyway, I just think, fellas, you've got to come to terms with the passage of time. Like, <laughs> and Tom, that means that you have to do a touching romantic comedy about retirees falling in love look, now. There's like, time, that's what you have to do there's now. You, time, no more motorbikes. Look, it's time for Tom to get all Robert Redford and Jack Nicholson and do that stuff. I, for one, he's clearly as long as work, Tom, though, like his face is look as, like, looks like... As long as Tom's got breath in his lungs, I want to see him on motorbikes going off the side of cliffs. You keep doing that, Tom. <laughs> and you're still going for that, like, cheeky, lopsided smile. Yeah, I love it. Still love it? Oh, my yeah. God, you're such a victim. So um, the, um, back to James Corden and Tom Cruise. So what oh, he yeah, does sorry. for the final show is... 
um, he's like, well, Tom, you've taken me on all the adventures and I've got one for you. And so they go and they play one of the animals in the Broadway production of The Lion King. He makes Tom Cruise be the back of the whatever animal they're playing. Anyway, it's... Oh, so they're in a suit. They're in a suit. It is beyond hilarious. And Tom has to go to the rehearsal and do the whole thing. And anyway, it's it's really, really very, very um, entertaining. And there's another... Would have been funnier if they had, like, done a scene from Cats, that other disastrous CGI misadventure. Oh, yeah. That actually featured James Corden. It did. That's true, yeah. Do you remember watching... Did we watch it together? Yeah, we did and we were just and we were just appalled. I think I actually wet my pants. Like it, it was, was just just horrendous. When, like who oh was it God, that it was so they bad. made Judy Dench like drink milk out of a saucer? I'm like I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see her it laughing. Sorry, Ian McKellen. Like Sir no. Ian. Yeah. He was actually fantastic. He was he was great the way he delivered his little poem, but the rest of Because you can it see Sir Ian McKellen's just like he was having this a is a shit. They must have like, got paid a just, fortune. Oh, for that. sure. Like, there was another beautiful bit of Corden in his in one of his final episodes with Harry Styles. Oh um, and what mate. they do is it's like carpool karaoke and they're doing um James has to wear the same outfit as Harry Styles. <laughs> And so they're doing that and finally they get to this one where it's like a mesh singlet and <laughs> Corden goes to Harry Styles, mate, I'm just, I'm not even sure that you're pulling this off. And Harry goes, wait. And then he pulls out just one pair of sunglasses and puts them on. And it's so funny because it literally does go from it looks a bit wrong and ridiculous and he puts the sunnies on and really then ties like, the room together. It looks yeah. so bright. You've just completely nailed it. But speaking of Harry Styles. <laughs> Just to which give you another Harry are. Styles update, yeah. which we always are. So remember last time I said to you, ever I since I said the thing about Harry Styles, mm-hmm. my social media is full of, you know, people in their 70s getting in touch. Mm. That is still happening. If not a day passes that that reel doesn't get more and more views and more and more people going, I'm a 78-year-old and I went to see him at Wembley Stadium and this and that. To the degree that someone's now told me there's a name for it, they're called Harryatrics, <laughs> the elderly fans of Harry Styles. As your friend... I have to ask you something and I want you to answer me honestly. Okay, I will. Have you A, read or B, more disturbingly, written any erotic fan fiction about <laughs> Harry Styles? Have you? No. Have, have you? I have not. I have not. I told you I want to mother him. That's what it's about. It's about the mothering and that's what all the 78-year-olds are saying You're as like, well. Cover your nipples, Harry. Anyway, so back to the Harrison Ford film because we got sidetracked. Oh, God, so, yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah, we got sidetracked about 25 minutes ago. Yeah, so yeah. look, I I didn't love it but I liked it. Yeah. Um, and the reason I didn't love it is probably the reason we said before that the plot was thin but it, and it was a loosely connected series of action scenes. I like action scenes so it held my interest. And also just the nostalgia buttons. Like I love seeing Harrison Ford back in the Indiana Jones costume. Mm. What a fantastic character. Mm. Um, but it kind of lacked the wit of like remember in one of the earlier ones, it might be Raiders, where you know that kind of dry wit where <laughs> he's in that bazaar <gasps> and the guy's like doing all the like I forget if it's knives or it's whatever. Like he's, he's doing got this amazing. Scimitars and he's doing this like incredible. And then Harrison Ford just like rolls his eyes, pulls out a gun, <laughs> and just shoots him. Yeah. Like it kind of lacks. It's offensive that. on about 30 levels, but it's, it's, um, I <laughs> it, mean, I remember that moment too. Mm. It lacks, it lacked the kind of wit of that. There was a few like witty moments. Um, and it was too long. It was like. It was a bit too long, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it was a rollicking good time. It was $24 well spent. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so I, will you go to Mission Impossible? No. Yeah, I, I, I think won't. I'm going to wait till it comes on. Yeah, I just like, I'm sorry, mate. Like, 
part one? Are you kidding me? It's three hours long. Why right? are they calling it like part one? It's like A or something like new. No. Why isn't it just, given that these films are all franchises, why isn't it just Mission Impossible, Ride to the Stars, and the next one's Mission Impossible over On a, a motorbike. cliff or something? Over a cliff. <laughs> I don't know why you uh, call it I part don't know. one. I, I can't understand. I can't really talk you through any of that corporate decision making. Okay. Um, but I just think that Tom Cruise is a sort of like a, is a distorting figure to people's you know, sense of proportion. Speaking of Tom's, just a tiny little aside, mm. um, Tom from Succession, Matthew McFadgen. Mm. I've been watching Spooks. Oh! I'm really, really late to the party on that. Right, okay. Quite liking it, but I've got a major, major issue that I'm sort of sl- starting to overcome, but it's been hard work, mm. that the character's name in that is also Tom. Mm. And so I keep seeing, because I've never seen him in Pride and Prejudice, I've never right. seen him in anything else, I really am struggling to let go of oh, Tom from Succession. Okay. Um, the character's really very different, but I'm just struggling. Okay. Well, that's yeah. a classic sense of, that's a classic case of disorganisation. You should have watched that. And should I just when push was, on? Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never watched Spooks, oh, okay, so, right. so I, okay. I can't help you there. Okay. Um, I have to quickly tell you about this podcast that I'm just loving so much. It is so stupid and, like, um, (laughs) I can't, like, this year's been a bit sad on a number of levels and this is um, just cheering me up so dementedly. It is called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding? (laughs) What? (laughs) Right. And it's, oh, my God, it's... It's little short episodes, they're about 20 minutes each. (laughs) And the story is, it's like an investigative podcast (laughs) about... (laughs) Is it it real or is it like a mockumentary stuff? It's real. real. It's real. I think it's actually real. And it's about the the wedding of these two women who got married on a boat and they're both New Zealanders. So <laughs> oh, I'm loving it's it already. Just, it's taking the pus. It's like it's Flight of the Concords funny, and oh. somehow the New Zealand accent is just oh, like it just adds to, oh, it to everything, doesn't it? Um, oh, like there's this character called Emma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so the wedding's going fine, and then at about ten o'clock, a a shit is discovered <laughs> on the floor. In this boat. And the brides are kind of <laughs> horrified. And two years on, <laughs> they are mounting an investigation into who shat on the floor at their wedding. <laughs> and this kind of, they've, they've engaged this woman who describes herself as detective. <laughs> she's clearly like just some rando. And she's interviewing all the guests. <laughs> motivation she's bought a lie detector off (laughs) off like amazon and is like ringing it up to people and just like examining their motives and i can't i'm just crying with laughter at it it's so funny are you so daft no i'm about four eps in um (laughs) but i got my sister-in-law margot into it and she's like chewing through it and she's like oh what about that i'm like don't imagine if you're the person that actually did and you know like they're coming for Right? Me. <laughs> I mean, and it's a boat, so it's a closed crime scene, like, as they explain. Like, the answer is out there, right? Could it be a crew member? And, like... Were there any animals on there? Or? As I've said, I haven't actually... Um, right. Yeah. I've just listened through the episode where they've um, <laughs> downloaded the international classification of um, turds into, like, you know, shape, <laughs> composition. <laughs> well, was it a big person? This detective is, is like, it? there were three chunks... 
Wow. So it's a bit knobbly, apparently, as as the detective says. <laughs> this was not a slurry. <laughs> but it was in three chunks and they were the lying, third I assume, on witness testimony, not on they haven't kept it. I don't that I don't think the sample right. persists. It right. was cleaned up on the night. But the third chunk was a bit skiddy, like the, the person had actually slipped in it after <laughs> laying it. Like <laughs> Anyway, it is so incredibly stupid and great. I just, (laughs) um, it's just improving my life in the most fabulous way. Um, Another thing that's incredibly great and that's been improving my life, I'm a bit, um, as well as my Harry Styles obsession, I'm a bit obsessed by Lizzo at the moment. And there's a TV show called Watch Out for the Big Girls. And it's Lizzo recruiting um, big girls. She's Her dance trip's called Big Girls. uh, And it's recruiting women to join. Also, it's like reality TV. It's reality TV and Ooh. Lizzo and there's a kind of dance coach and so forth. And so these women from all over America who are larger mm. come and audition. And oh. the, their moves are just gobsmacking. And it's about partly breaking down stereotypes and oh. just stigma and cliches around larger people and what and they're capable of. And is it funny? Of. It's actually just like, I mean, it has moments of being funny, but it's actually just like you're just watching these people just going, man, that is, these people have got some amazing moves on them. So it's all about the audition process and you're meeting... Well, now they're living in a house um, where they have to learn routines and so... So now it's MasterChef. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Yeah, it's a few different things. But then occasionally like... So last week there was one woman whose dancing was so good it was like episode three and Lizzo just goes, you know what, you're just out and you're straight on the big girls because you're such a great dancer. So you're you're in. Um, And it's interesting to see like, okay, what are they looking for and and what's the... Because it's obviously for these like mega stadium kind of performers mm, there's mm. a huge amount of endurance that's involved because the shows are long like I yeah. don't even know how people like Lizzo and Taylor Swift and all of these people we're not talking about Taylor Swift <laughs> oh, you didn't get tickets I take it two days of my life oh man and by the end of it I'm just like I don't even want to go see you <laughs> I don't like no you're over it um yeah, the stamina, it's, it's, it's got to have high energy in the moment, but then you've got to keep replicating the moment across, you know, two, two and a mm. half hours. So it's quite, it's kind of an interesting insight into the process. So, yeah, I'm loving it. And I love oh, Lizzo. She's just such great talent and amazing. Do you know, it's not often that I leave one of these podcasts thinking, I'm going to go and watch all of those things that <laughs> sales has endorsed. But, like, there's about three things on my list. Thank you. Um, radio, well... We're just about out of time. We are. Uh, so, and I know you got a lot on at the moment because you're shooting Kitchen Cabinet, so I don't want to I am shooting Kitchen Cabinet. I'm very busy. Um, also, um, I know you know this, but I'm going to mention it because it's a appalling, shameless plug. Um, I am, remember when last year, no, this year, jeez, this year's been so long. I can't believe we're only halfway through it. Like it feels like it's been forever. But like what seems like years ago but is in fact on reflection only six months ago, I went and did a Fringe show in Adelaide, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. My turning 50. Yes. uh, 50 odd years of crab. Yes. And I am remounting it in Sydney. When's that going to be? Jeez. God. (laughs) Hang on a second. How do people find tickets? Um, Oh, so many questions. Okay, so uh, it is at the Pavilion Theatre in um, the Shire uh, and the dates are uh, 25th of November and the 29th of November. There's three shows in all 
and you can go to Ticket Tech <laughs> and get some tickets. Um, <laughs> while we're doing shameless plugs, I would also plug that I've got a book coming out oh, uh, at the end of August I'm... called Storytellers about the craft of writing, storytelling, interviewing, um, all aspects of journalism and how to also apply that more broadly. So if you're interested in any of those things, if you're interested in the news, if you're interested in being a better writer, better communicator, um, it could be for you. You can jump on Booktopia and pre-order it. I am signing a heap of copies, but do you want me to come and sign some for you? Like just with rude I think comments, I'll be fine. But um, just I got to say, if you pre-order, um, you got to get in quick because there won't. You know, you might get a signed copy, but if we run out of stock, you might not get a signed copy. So anyway, you can pre-order. And how Booktopia. will people survive? Like, how will they go I on? I just with do life not know if how they get a copy that's not signed. Not I mean, be, if you get a copy and it's not signed, bring it to one of the chat ten shows, and I'll sign it for you. Well, um, bring it to Lee's home at <laughs> this address. <laughs> Um, And we've got – have a look at our website because we've got some shows coming up. There's Melbourne, there's Perth, there's There's Hobart. Adelaide really soon on the 4th of August. That'll be – oh, actually, no, this podcast will be out before then. So, yeah, Yeah. Adelaide. Um, Adelaide people – I think there's still tickets to that one too. There are Um, Because Adelaide people book the morning before or of the event. I've heard this before. That's because Adelaide people are so cool that they like to keep their options open. (laughs) They're like, yeah, maybe I'll come to your thing or maybe I just – won't feel like it. Chat, check the Chat 10 website for events because yep. Adelaide, Melbourne, Perth, Hobart, Canberra. Far They're out. not all up yet, but they will be. Yeah, we've got a Are lot going on. Are we doing five in the second we've half of this year? We've got a lot going on in the back half that of this year. That was reckless. It was very Did reckless. Did I consent to that? We've done next to nothing in the first half of the year and then we've just got bang, 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 bang in the back half of the well, year. Well, you've done next to nothing, maybe. I've been quite Sydney. busy. I mean, Chat 10, we've done next to nothing. Mm. Sydney and Brisbane and that's it. Okay. Um, well, this is an interesting conversation. It's over now though, isn't it's, it? Yeah. I, most people switched off listening <laughs> five minutes ago as soon as we started the endless plugs. So. <laughs> all right. See you later. Okay, see ya.